and Warm Trophy Kids presented by Bad News Media. It is the college football week six episode. We are seasons flying by, folks. Uh, nice 62% so far on the season for picks. Hopefully, you have been following along here on Trophy Kids. Um, make sure you just subscribe and like the podcast. NFL will will follow us a little different order this week because Michael's actually at the Thursday night game. So the NFL will come out a little bit later, decide to to record the college beforehand. Um, but nice 62%. Uh, we've been giving picks out on our social media pages as well at Trophy Kids Pod. Make sure you are subscribed there uh, on Instagram and Twitter. Lots of good stuff. Uh, we've got some good games to break down this week. Very excited for some big ones here. And I think we start right off the bat with the game I'm, I'm arguably the most excited about. Red River Rivalry, the Texas Longhorns take on Oklahoma line has moved down to five over under 60 and a half. We've seen some pretty substantial line movement on this game. And in this one, these two teams, oh, they are, they're meeting at the right time. I think each one presents a, an interesting challenge. I think from a Texas standpoint, you know, this is a damn good football team. This is a really well-rounded, not a ton of holes, on the team keys for the game. I mean, when you look at the offensive side of the ball against a Brent Venables defense in Oklahoma, which I think has slowly been progressing and ascending uh, to this moment, Quentin yours has just got to take care of the football. That's all it is. Um, so far this year, Quentin yours has been pretty good. He threw that, that bad pick uh, before the half last week, which was unfortunate. Um, but outside of that, he's been pretty good with the football especially compared to, to years past. Let's see how that, that goes this week. You know, the Texas offensive line, when the moment is called upon them, has been really good. You know, we, we call back to that Alabama game. They they were getting great push up front. Those dudes were ready to maul in the trenches, and that's going to be really important in this game. Um, so if Quinn Ewers can't real, doesn't turn over the football, I think this Texas team can find some success, especially in the back end. Um against this Oklahoma offense. When we flip the football, though, this Oklahoma offense is really going to have to rely on Dylan Gabriel to get things going. Um, the offensive line is is not particularly good, um, especially from a run percentage. They're only generating about 2.2 line yards per rush attempt. That's not good. That's going to put you in, in outside the top 100 um, of college football. Like that, that's a, they're not, they're not playing well on the offensive front. And you've got a, a Texas defense that outside of allowing a couple explosive plays is really good, especially up front. Um, so Dylan Gabriel is going to have to use his legs to, to create um, some plays here. I think the unique challenge for Texas is they have not faced a team that's going to put the pace on like Oklahoma has Oklahoma inside the top 20 in uh, plays per game. Fastest offense by far that Texas has had to to face. So conditioning is going to be a factor here. It's also going to be, can they get lined up play to play? Um, you know, outside of having to face the Texas offense in practice, they have not seen this yet. I think all things considered with the number moving to five, two, it's moved off six and a half. It's probably going to continue to maybe go down here. We'll see. Um, I've gone ahead and I've taken Texas at, uh, at minus five. I, I do like them here. I think they're just, this is such a good football team that this is going to be a, a close game. But at the end of the day, Texas offense just 
it has more firepower. And I'm not entirely sure that the Oklahoma offense, because they can't generate much of a run game, are going to present too much of a threat. They're going to have some chances down the field here uh, against this Texas team, but I, I do like Texas in this matchup. Kentucky, Georgia battle in the SEC line is at 14 and a half over under 47 and a half. It's moved down a little bit on the total. This is an interesting game. Um, you know, Kentucky's OC has done a, a pretty decent job against the Kirby smart defenses in the past. The problem is, is, is the teams he's had in the past are, are, arguably better offensively um, than what he's got this year. But you could also make the argument that the Georgia defense is, is not as good this year. Uh, they don't, we talked about this in the recap show. When I watch this team, they don't seem to be playing with that edge that we've gotten so accustomed to, you know, they play so fast downhill um, football and defense. And it, it doesn't feel like they really have that this year. I think we we maybe underestimated the impact that Jalen Carter had on setting the tone from that defensive standpoint. And I think we definitely underestimated the importance that Stenton Bennett played from an offensive standpoint for this Georgia team as far as leadership goes. I, it, I was a little discouraged to see the fact that the offensive lineman had to kind of get back going. It, it really should be the other way around, it felt like, in that game. Um, you know, this offensive line, too, it's... It, 4.4 yards per carry for Georgia. Not good in the Kirby smart air that I think that's second lowest. If I remember correctly, um, you know, Kentucky, their front isn't going to be so easy to push around in the trenches. Um, they have, if you look at the accounting stats, they're really good, but we got to put some context around them. Not the best tests. You know, they had a decent test in Florida last week. They made them miss a lot. Um, and they played well. Kentucky's also got both Robinson and Brown who left the game early last week. We we don't really know what, what the status is going to be there. The Kentucky offense has been certainly explosive at times. Um, Leary is, is a bit of a question mark. You know, I've questioned his health because he did suffer that tour peck the end of last season, which made him a little bit less desirable in the transfer portal. Kentucky obviously picks him up. We know when healthy, he's he's pretty damn good, could spin the ball. Um, but I, I think this is going to be a low-scoring affair. I think if you wanted to do something with the total and under certainly in play here, I, I don't know if Kentucky has the dudes to cover the 14 and a half. I think what we saw in that Auburn game was a, a team from a Georgia standpoint that all of a sudden Peyton Thorne becomes part of the running game. Who thought that was possible? Um, creating that extra man in the advantage. Kentucky can't really do that. Um, offensively, we, we saw them start to get a lot of confidence. Brock Bauer showed why he's arguably one of the best football players in college right now. Best tight end by a mile best offensive weapon. That isn't a quarterback by a mile. Um, the guy just took over the game last week. So I, I, I think I don't know if Kentucky has, has the guys to keep within the number. I I'm staying away from the 14 and a half. I'm certainly not betting Georgia at 14 and a half, but I think making a play for the under is pretty fair here. Um, I, I certainly lean that direction. A game that's very interesting for me, I have circled down Notre Dame versus Illinois. Line is at or Illinois. Notre Dame at Louisville. Jeez, Pete's. Um, line is six 
over under 54 and a half. Notre Dame's in a danger spot here. The wide receiver room is certainly getting healthier. They're going to get their guys back that they didn't have last week. But this is going to be their seventh game straight. You know, this is a team that played a week zero game in Ireland, then traveled back. This will be their seventh game. They've just come off back-to-back, super physical, down-to-the-wire games. It's a super tough schedule we talked at the beginning. I wonder, are the legs going to be there for this Notre Dame team? Because you've got a Louisville team here who's 29th in rushing offense and 16th in pass efficiency. Now, they they haven't played a, a great schedule. They have a common opponent in, in North Carolina State, which Notre Dame handled better and performed better in that game. Um, but Jeff Brom is a giant killer. We saw that at his time at Purdue. He does a phenomenal job scheming things up. And while the Notre Dame off or defense is one of the top-tier defenses in college football right now, I do wonder what kind of juice they're going to have for this game. It's a later game, but they've... They've been going to war the last two weeks. Um, I think another concerning part here is is the offensive play calling for Notre Dame. You know, it seemed like at the end of that game, they were kind of fine playing for the field goal, which I don't love. They did put the ball in Sam Hartman's hands at the end of the game, and he converted for them. Go figure. You go out and get a guy like Sam Hartman. You want to put the ball in his hands at the end of the game, something they didn't do in the Ohio State game there on third down running with a third down running back and punting it right back to Ohio State to eventually drive down the field. But there's been a the offensive coordinator position. They really fumbled that in the offseason. I, I have some concerns here. I, I think this is a potential danger spot for Notre Dame. Now, all things considered, they're the better football team. But at some point, I do get concerned as to the physicality they've had to play with in back-to-back weeks. Seven, This will be their seventh game straight. Guys are banged up. The wide receiver room hasn't been great, but they're going to be healthier this week. Tight end showed out well. You've got Estime, though. you got Hartman. You've got a defense that has been playing its ass off um, and has been really good, especially in the past game. Louisville doesn't have the guys to kind of go toe-to-toe here. But if they keep this close, they'd certainly have the guys to create some big explosive plays. They've got some good skill position players. Um, so, yeah, I, I haven't done anything in this game. I don't know if I will. Um, this is something we may tweet out at Trophy Kids Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Um, but I, at some point, I do start to worry about just does this Notre Dame team continue to have the juice? And this is an incredibly hard schedule they have. Um, they still got USC and Clemson who are going to be dog fights. Um, they've back-to-back physical games like we talked about. Let's see what they have here in the tank. You know, the offensive line's been good. Uh, I think a little bit down compared to where I thought they were going to be. Uh, Joe Alt left tackle world class, but outside of that, he's sort of propping up this offensive line a little bit. Um, but yeah, let's see the juice they bring. This defense is phenomenal though. So we'll, we'll see how they hang in this game. Maryland OSU line is moving. Um, I have it right now at 19 and a half at points. It's switched it out. Nope. Just switched to 20. So it, it's moving here. Um, Ohio state, that defense is coming alive. Jim Knowles has got them going in the right direction. Um, they're they're starting to ascend at the right time. I think the concerns, though, are still on, on the offensive side of the ball. They got pushed around by Notre Dame 
on both sides for that matter. They were the less physical team. Um, they got pushed around. Maryland certainly has the skill position guys. They are loaded with threats, but I don't know if they have the guys to win in the trenches. And that's where this game is going to be won. It's going to be won and loss in the trenches. I don't know if Maryland has the guys to push them. I think there's certainly a level of alarm um, and panic, I think, for Ohio State knowing that this team seems to be a lot like the years past and you've got Michigan and Penn state coming down the road. And both those teams are extremely good and are certainly in a position to take advantage of their weaknesses. So this is an important game for Ohio state. This is an important game for the offense to show um, that they can sustain drives, that they can be explosive uh, against an inferior Maryland defense, that the offensive line doesn't get pushed around here because they really shouldn't. Um, and if they could do that, I think that builds a little bit more confidence heading down into the, the rest of the season. But I'm I would certainly be concerned about this this Ohio State team. Um, things are not looking great uh, for their matchups coming down the road against Penn State in Michigan. I think that they could very easily get bullied in the trenches there. And and we've seen how that's gone the last two years, especially in the Michigan game. Uh, that's won and lost them the games. So certainly something to look out for here. I, I haven't done anything with that number either. Uh, I I don't think Maryland's the team to test them, but if this number continues to go north, I I, I think it could potentially be worth betting an underdog spot here because baby Tua and this offense certainly can be explosive, can certainly put up points on you. They have certainly showed that. Uh, I just don't know if they have enough to be consistently in, in the game. UCLA, Washington. This is going to be a fun one in the Pac-12 for the like, I don't know, five of us that watch this. Uh, it's a three o'clock game. Line is three and a half over 60 and a half. UCLA comes in as the favorite. They're going to get spread out in this game. Uh, Cam Ward and this offense are going to spread it out. They're going to get the ball out quick. This is a top five passing efficiency offense. Cam Ward is getting that ball out lightning quick this season. I, the UCLA tap, Defense is certainly going to be put to task. It's the best in the Chip Kelly error, I think, at UCLA, for sure. I question whether or not this offense has enough juice. You're relying on more a, a true redshirt freshman to keep you in this game, and he's got to be better. You know, there have been opportunities, uh, I think, back to the, the Utah game, where he just missed on some real big opportunities, you know, some throws down the seam, um, some very easy, you know, short, quick routes he kind of missed on. He's he's got to be better. He's got to bring the juice for this team um this week because Washington is certainly not the best defensive team they they have seen. That is for sure. Um, you can get this Washington defense uh into some pretty bad positions. Uh, there are going to be opportunities down the field against this Washington State secondary. It, it just comes into question whether or not you think more can take advantage of that. And I have some serious doubts because I just, I haven't seen him be consistent yet. I think he's going to be a fantastic quarterback in the chip Kelly system there as he continues to grow. I mean, the, the fact that he's at UCLA is huge for this program, uh, especially moving forward uh, and competing in, in a new conference. He's going to be fantastic, but this is a UCLA offense that, that has struggled. Um, and, and I look at the defense, you know, while I said it's the best, you, you look back, Coastal Carolina is probably the best offense that 
they faced and while they only managed to put 13 points up against them, they found success down to down. They moved the ball against them. This Washington offense is much, much better. Um, it, it is going to be a real, real problem for them um, to cover, I think. So I actually like Washington State. I did bet them a little bit here. Um, I didn't put a ton on it, but I do like them in the underdog spot here at, at three and a half. I, I think that's a, a, a fair wager. Uh, Alabama, Texas A&M line has moved down to we're getting close to a pick them. It's one and a half now over under 46 and a half. And this changes the dynamics of what we're going to talk about for this game. When this number was at three, even two and a half, my opinion as the side here was different than where it's at right now. This game is one and lost in the trenches. And these are two offensive lines that have been pretty terrible to standard Alabama. If we remove the Alabama name and we compare them to a Miami offense who had success against Texas A&M. I don't necessarily know if Alabama is in the same class. This is sort of an old school Alabama team. This is a run first, build your offense off the run and play really good defense. Jalen Milrow has shown the ability to hit the big over the top throws outs. If you remove drops, he's been phenomenal down the field. It's when you force him to be a methodical quarterback and kind of slowly move you down the field where he starts to fall apart a little bit. Now, his legs are certainly helping this offensive line that has been his poor in pass blocking. Hasn't been getting good push up front from a run blocking standpoint. It's really down compared to Alabama standards. You look at the Texas A&M offensive line. It's improved a little bit, but. Not much. I know Jimbo thinks that they are improving. I don't necessarily see it. They give up a ton of pressures. And now you've got Johnson as the backup quarterback who gets the ball out slower, takes more time to, to read the field. Um, that's a really bad spot. So I think this is going to probably be a low scoring affair, but I do think Alabama, I think they're the side. Uh, I know people are, 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 are talking pretty highly of Texas A&M. Jimbo and, and Bobby Petrino's their offenses are outdated. They're back in the stone age. Um, I, I think this will be a very low scoring close game, but I, I, and I just think because of Jalen Milrow's added advantage in the run game, his ability to be accurate in big time throws down the field, trying to push the explosive, take the roof off the defense type of stuff. I think that gives them the edge here. I'm going to be very interested to talk about this game after the game because the implications it has to the SEC West are enormous. This is an SEC West that is wide open right now. The winner of this game is going to be in the driver's seat to win the SEC West. This is an incredibly important game to both these programs and the direction that they're headed here. I don't know how many more of these games Saban has in them headed to Texas A&M. Um, but at virtually a pick them, I like Alabama more. Now, this if this line were at three, I, I like Texas A&M more. Um, but at a virtual pick them, I, I think Alabama is going to have a little bit more juice. I give the coaching edge to Alabama. Um, I Both offensive lines are bad, but I think the Alabama defense is going to play a little bit better here. The Texas A&M defensive line is finally playing too par. I mean, it's loaded with talent, so that's nice to see. But once again, Jalen... Milrow's ability to scramble to use his legs gives them that slight advantage. I I don't know if if Mac Johnson is Max Johnson is up to the task here. It is at home, which is is definitely beneficial to him. 
Um, but that's going to be a really, really tough game uh, for them to to pull out a win. Um, so those those are the games that we we primarily are looking at right now. Um, we might pit, tweet out a, a couple more picks here. Some good tester games like Oregon State headed to to um, Cal. You know Arizona at USC. I think that's a an interesting spot. I think Arizona's a little bit more frisky than people are giving them credit to in that USC defense. Everybody's been ragging on them. I've been ragging on them. They are down this year. They make them an unserious contender. We've talked about that a lot. Uh, that's going to be an interesting game to watch. I'm very interested to see how old miss comes back from a very emotional win. This is this, you know, Arkansas team is not presenting the same threat they presented last year, but Lane Kiffin gets the biggest win of his career at Ole Miss. This Ole Miss team wins an absolute shootout in electric fashion at home. Probably partied their asses off the night before. 11 and a half point spread. All things considered, they should cover that, but this is college football. We know kids week to week are not the same, and, and this creates a little bit of a volatile situation. So I'm going to be interested to see how that team responds and, and gets back after it. Um, interested to see how Colorado plays against Arizona State. Uh, Arizona State's a little frisky. You can't overlook them. I don't think they're going to, but you can't look overlook them either. Um, so a lot of good, interesting games on the board. Tez is back for UNC. That's going to be an awesome game against Syracuse. So those right now where we're at, I also, oh, I should also point out, I, I do like the under in the Nebraska-Illinois game, Friday, 8 p.m., Four, it's at 43 right now. I think that's going to be a low, low scoring affair. Um, That's going to be a true Big Ten punt, 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 field goal, punt, 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 field goal, punt, 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 field goal type of game. Um, So I, I do like the under in uh, 43 and a half. I think uh, Kansas State's got to be careful with Oklahoma State on Friday night going in. It's blackout game at home. Really big down year for Oklahoma state, but I think they're in a, a pretty good spot at home right there. I'm, I'm not betting it, but it's going to be a fun one to watch. We're in the prime time for, for football right now, folks, we got like 48 days ahead of us where we got a game every week. It's going to be awesome. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode, get some good nuggets out of it. Uh, we'll tweet out some additional bets if they, they make the card. Um, but that that's sort of how we see the board right now. That's kind of where we're at with this uh, should be a, a good week. Um, and as always, peace.